Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Wonderful day for practice, no? Um, no chances whatsoever <laughs> of rain today. But lots of rivers flowing. Um, was this of interest for you uh, last evening, this talk about the rivers for some of us? Um, So the Buddha, you might know, has a series of images that he uses, and I think I mentioned only two of the images related to these five rivers last night, so I wanted to get go through this maybe again, just because, at least for me, it's, it's very meaningful, so it might be also for you, these images. So this river, so I'm going to go through them, and as I go through them, If you want, you could check in your experience in real time if you can recognize something of that. So right now, for every one of us, no one excluded, there's a river of uh, physicality, materiality, that is flowing. And you might experience it as uh, tingling, as pressure, as heat, cold, headache, uh, movement of air in the chest or belly, little pressure at the nostril as the air comes in or out. And so today, for the whole day and for the whole time we'll be alive, there will be that river flowing. And we can tune into this as we're practicing. The image that the Buddha used to describe this is the image of foam uh, by the side of the ocean or the river. You know, our foam with each wave, the foam changes form. And so it's pointing to us again to the ephemeral nature of the body. And many of us have kind of solidified the body. This is my body and objectified it. It's like this, it's too much like this, it's not enough like that. While that time, during that time that we have our ideas about the body, this river underneath is flowing, it's alive maybe deserving of a great care and attention because it's there and it functions better, the whole relationship, if there is caring and attention giving to it. But also because when we do care and pay attention, we make discoveries. And so that's one of the rivers, another river that is flowing right now for you and moi is the river of... Um, feeling tone, so associated with the different sensations or the thoughts. Or there's this little layer or aspect of experience. We put it out. It's, it might be, you might think it's, see it as part of the uh, sensations and sounds, and, and it is, but we 
put it out a little bit, we make it outstanding. We give it its own little chapter. We make it its own little river because there's so much uh, distress and confusion around that particular aspect of our experience. And as you know, when it's pleasant, often, and that's for us to check it out live, when a stimulus is pleasant, often the mind will get a little scared of losing, a little greedy, a little wanting to keep, a little like owning, mine, precious, mine, you know, and all the complexity that comes with that. The image that the Buddha used, I named yesterday, is the image of bubbles, little bubbles, always bursting, ephemeral, or big bubbles. My, back in the days when I was happy, you know? And we make these bubbles, and we can be totally fascinated by and hooked on pleasantness present or pleasantness possible, or pleasantness past or displeasure. I remember... One time I was on retreat, and after the retreat, I was going to have to do something that I perceived as that was going to be difficult and unpleasant. I spent hours totally hooked on the unpleasantness to come after the retreat. You know, and in my fantasy, nightmarish fantasy, there was not going to be any pleasant feeling tone in that whole thing or neutral. It was going to be solid, unpleasant from beginning to end. And when I was actually in that event, there was, there was a flow, there was a river there of intensity of unpleasantness and confusion, and, you know, of emotions. And then there would be sun and breeze and uh, tenderness for self or for others or from others to self, or, you know. And so that river and the bubbles of that river. And the third river that is flowing right now, amazing, so... No wonder, I was going to say very spontaneous, no, no wonder we're fucked up. <laughs> very, from a French-Canadian, I think we're allowed to say that. We don't know the depth of the, <laughs> the charge around that word. <laughs> but, um, because it's so complex, all these rivers running, and we hook, and, and fear, and you know, and... And so another river is the river of perception, the image of the image of the mirage. So changing, appearing, disappearing. My, could say, my views on things, my beliefs, my, are moving. And so this, again, a little bit more subtle yet. And we might today, it's not like we have to catch it all, all day, but at some point it might become apparent to us in some ways, you know, how... You know, you might be sitting here and dreading the day. You know, like, this is going to be a long day where I could have been by the side of a lake somewhere having a beer with friends or something, you know. And so there's a perception that this is going to be gruesome day in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> and you might discover that actually on the later you'll see like actually it's the right place to be it might appear like this like in your vision that this is you're happy that you're here Some, something like this you can stay tuned there and be aware of that river flowing and again to make it very immediate I like to do this just looking a little bit around you'll see that it's inevitab inevitable 
the world is being perceived, organized. You know, there's others. However, you, and it's not so much thinking. Huh? It's kind of transparent in this way. It comes. It's mixed in the seeing. It's mixed in the hearing. There's a sound. Sometimes when we practice, we want to stop <coughs> cognition or recognition or perception. I want to just hear the sound. I don't want to know it's a bird or name the bird, but that river, honey, is flowing. <laughs> You're not going to stop it. But you can be aware of it, that it happens. When you look at a tree, it knows it's a tree, you know. And perceptions switch like this. At some point, you discover that it's not a pear, it's an apple. Or you thought it was an apple and it's a pear. You know, oops, things get in focus. Fourth river. I named it yesterday as intention. There's always intention flowing. But that river in Buddhist psychology is, we could say, a little wider. It's the river of mental formation. So there's the stimulus of the uh, physicality river. There's the way that uh, we're affected by it, the pleasantness, the unpleasantness. One of the mistakes we make with this is often we think that the pleasantness is in the object. You know? It's like, oh, it's that object, the pleasantness is in there. And we might find out after a while in contact with that object that the pleasantness is not there anymore. But the, the thing is still there, the person or the, you know. When I was a kid, Big Macs were like the outmost pleasures. And now if you give me one, it's probably the same old, same exact same Big Mac, you know, and I might not have the same pleasure again. So it, we think it's in the object, that's how we get deluded. It's so there when I get that, you know. But the pleasure is not in the object, because if, if I bring here a bone, you know, to Venus, the little dog, it might be absolutely pleasurable sight and smell and taste, you know. For us, if I bring a bone here, it might not be pleasurable to look at. So it's clearly not in the object. Um, so how we are affected by the stimulus is the river of, uh, of a feeling tone. Perception is more the focus on the object, what we make of it, how we interpret it. And that river of intention is how we respond, engage, with what's happening. That's the river that is constantly flowing. It means that I see something, it's pleasant, and the response is, I want more. Or I'm able to quietly, calmly feel the experience. So there's the intention to allow. We're developing this here, to accept, to get curious about, to know, instead of the intention to get away from, avoid, judge, uh, hate, destroy, uh, get more of you see this? So that river is flowing all the time. So here, we're bringing consciousness to that. How we're responding, engaging with reality. I don't get what I want. How am I going to respond to this? This is a river that is flowing. How am I going to be with that? There's always some engagement with reality. Even if I disengage, it is uh, intention. It's part of that river. Do you see? It's not... It's not the most, just a parenthesis here. Many people don't use these five rivers because they find it too complex. It's many, many people, maybe most people in the mm -hmm. Buddhist practice 
will not go there. For some reason, it fits with the psychology of Pascal. From the get-go, 20 years ago almost, I kind of, for me, it's a main frame of reference of my practice. So that's why I'm bringing this here. I'm saying this because if you don't recognize anything in there, it's quite okay. You don't have to say it because you're in silence. (laughs) (laughs) But it's totally okay. There might be one aspect that will stand out for you and is rich. Okay? So that river of engagement with reality, we pay attention. And I named it yesterday, uh, Intention. And the image that is used is very interesting. The image that is used is the image of a banana tree trunk. The Buddha says the banana tree or plantain tree or corn, if we want to go local, local, you know, is uh, the banana tree, if you've seen it, has big uh, leaves. I think I might have seen, was it a mirage? But I think I might have seen one down there. Yeah. We're both in the same deluded state. (laughs) (laughs) And so it has huge... There is one, says the the gardeners, (laughs) says my guru. (laughs) And so there's huge leaves, they're beautiful, Um, they're huge. The, The green of the banana leaves are one of the most beautiful greens, if you ask me. The fruit, if you've seen this thing, is huge and impressive and the the flower and the fruits the bananas or plantains comes generously you know and it looks like a tree and the buddha says but when it's as bar bear board is fruit it falls flat on the ground am i right about that there's no core wood to the banana tree yeah it's an herb grass so there's nothing solid at the middle of that. And so you sit here, and there is a sound. And then your mind goes, Oh, that sound, there was this sound. We don't have that sound in the city. I should move here. Da, da, da. Banana leaves, flowers, fruits. And then, whoosh, flat on the ground. And you're back sitting here. There was a whole river of intentional thinking intentional be, be, be despite your best intentions still there was this it's an intentional act and so there was a big production or an emotion you know there's a sound that comes and the irritation why do do, I, do they open the veg stand you know while we're practicing doors open and close it should never happen and it's huge like I'm insulted and victimized by Stoll Lake Farm, you know. And, and on the other side of this, the whole thing falls flat on the ground, is composted, you know, was served, was just a good training for more of that to come later. <laughs> you know, or a big wave of, uh, I don't know, anything else. So the Buddha was saying in that image that as the other image of mirage, bubbles, or uh, foam, that it's actually empty at the core, it's ephemeral, it arises, is impressive, and it passes, cannot be owned, is not going to be satisfying. Often, uh, Joseph, my teacher, would say, uh, would say, 
I wonder today which thought is going to make it final, like which thought is going to be completely satisfying and is going to, you know, we put so much fascination and value to our thoughts. I wonder today if we're going to have that thought that's going to fix everything, you know, or be totally satisfying. Probably not. We're just going to notice a river of obsessive thinking or slightly obsessive thinking, one of the two. <laughs> so do you see this? The empty nature of that river also. Huge. It's not that we don't, we have to dismiss it, we care for it, but we're awake to the fact that this is a production. Pro things are being produced and will not stay and you know, to be awake to that. And the last river is the river of consciousness. The image that is used is of a magic show. Again, all these images very strongly talking about ephemerality, illusoriness, uh, passing nature. So the big magic show of consciousness is the big magic show of moi. Because there is consciousness, I take it completely personal, It's me, what do you mind? What do you say? It's me in the middle of that. You know? Is that true? That is a good trick. Really good magic show. And one way to break it apart in Buddhist psychology is the six kind of consciousness. I, I, I like that little framing. It's really it's a useful tool. It says there's the consciousness of sounds. There's the consciousness of sensations. There are different consciousnesses in that presentation. It helps break this apart, no? Because when you hear a sound, there's the consciousness of sound. And when you feel a sensation, there's the consciousness of sensation. So it's not like I am conscious of sound and then I'm conscious of, uh, of uh, a sensation and then I'm conscious of a thought. The consciousness of sound arises with sound. The classic uh, exercise, exercise or little game that you might have been subjected to <laughs> is the following. <laughs> Try to be conscious of the sound of the bell now. <coughs> is it possible to have consciousness of sound now? The consciousness of the sound of the bell will arise with the bell ringing and will end with the bell ending. It co-arises. There cannot be consciousness presently arisen, now, present, consciousness of sound without that sound. So it makes it a little less personal. It depends on the sound. So it's not just me. It arises with, and look at that. It's going to be amazing. Consciousness of sound will arise at the same time as the sound will start. And it will stop consciousness of bell sound when the bell will stop. Consciousness of sound of bell is alive now if you're in the right range.
and that consciousness is gone. Do you freak out? This is the Buddha. It's my own personal translation. Do you freak out when people uh, in the woods around you come and gather the dead pieces of wood and they go away with the pieces of wood, bhikkhus, bhikkhunis? Do you freak out when in the woods somebody comes and picks up the, the old uh, fallen branches? No, we don't freak out. It's the same with consciousnesses. When they go, they go. There's no need to freak out. Or like, oh my God, they're taking my... No, it's gone. It's gone. So here, we're changing vision, like in the deepest way. And don't expect um, society to uh, help you doing this. It's not. We're going against the stream. Why do we do this? Not for cynicism, not for disengagement, depression, uh, dissociation. We do this to open the heart. To open the heart to compassion, to open the heart to joy, to, to release the shackles and the holdings so that we can relax and know that all the rivers are flowing and they're not that personal, so we don't identify a behavior with somebody too much. This person, it's like this behavior has happened. It was harmful. It was stupid. And it came out of conditions. Ignorance, uh, delusion, uh, education. I don't know what, but there was, you know. So we don't kind of like zero in on everything all the time. Identify with our, like hating ourselves for a behavior. No, this these words said are gone now. They don't exist anymore. And they did have an impact. So a sense of responsibility without the owning that turns into guilt or arrogance. <coughs> anyway, maybe the link is not easy to make, but this is maybe what will happen in practice. Okay, it's a, kind of a second Dharma talk on this same subject. So let the world words dissolve, let it all go, it's gone anyway. And if you want, stretch a little moment or find your posture, and we'll sit a little bit in that. I'll lead just for a couple of minutes, and then we'll sit silently, and you might see these pass by. Even if you're readjusting your posture now or finding it, or if you're sitting in stillness or laying down in stillness, you might be able to connect with that river of sensations, the river of materiality as experienced through the senses, the five senses. body is alive. It's not one solid thing, but it's a series of expansions and contractions, a field of tingling. 
vibration at the ear door appearing and disappearing. Flow of aliveness, can you notice that? Depending on where your attention lands, you might uh, reveal little bubbles of pleasure or displeasure, different areas of your body or areas of your experience. Maybe the warm tingling in the cheeks has some slight pleasantness to it. Maybe the contraction in the chest or heart area has some slight or intense unpleasantness to it. Sound comes and received is received as unpleasant or pleasant or neutral. neither one nor the other and that's as important (coughs) if you can't tell the pleasure or the displeasure it's because it's neutral and that can be known also fully until a pleasant thought crosses the mind or sound or sensation might become apparent later today at some point the gauge of pleasure will go up or the gauge of uh, displeasure, discomfort you'll see the change you'll experience the change in that river might now zero in another aspect of your experience that is happening. It's that the world is not all confused and murky. There's an organization that happens. When a sensation comes, you know almost automatically that this is in the hand or the thighs or the belly. A certain sound comes, you know it's bird or wind. goat you don't have to do anything about this it just flows in the mind might notice 
how the mind engages with stimulus, phenomena, how it wants to get rid of, wants to know more fully, wants to avoid. You might see some of these intentions arise and pass. Intention to switch posture in respond to uh, in response to discomfort. Intention to abandon thoughts or follow them. notice that these intentions sometimes are not your so much your intention as habits, patterns, automatic ways to respond. Sometimes these intentions are born out of uh, wisdom or compassion. Today at different points, or maybe even now, you might become aware of the knowing quality of mind. That aspect of mind that just encounters reality, discovers, reveals, experience, sound, coolness or warmth. Not the warmth itself, not the coolness itself, but the knowing, kind of transparent aspect of it. You might notice awareness of sounds, awareness of sensations. You might see these moments of uh, consciousness flickering. The awareness of your mind state, for example, right now. The calm in you, the agitation, irritation, joy. Suddenly becomes known. Till another consciousness appears, the consciousness of hands resting.
See if you can have some buoyancy of heart or mind. Some lightness, allowing the rivers to flow. Not having to catch anything. Not having to change anything. Just allowing life to manifest, to flow. Not investing any thoughts of mine or I or in me. nature it might be possible to release a little bit of the owning or appropriation let grief grieve and joy rejoice and scatteredness be scattered tingling tingle pleasure pleasure
the mind gets caught in a, entangled in a web of its own making just become aware of this don't make a big case out of that just realize that maybe this is much more ephemeral and light than uh, perceived at first see the mirage nature of this see that it's empty maybe at the core even what uh, at first appears heavy serious sticky maybe with a second look with more attention we might discover that it's actually much more light than it appears to be especially if we don't invest uh, thoughts of mine or me in these formations bubbles
the moment the bell will ring, you might be able to notice the sound, also the recognition of the sound, and feeling tone associated with the sound, the pleasantness, unpleasantness you'll feel, and the response also, how the body will release the posture, or the eyes will open, or you will celebrate the end of the sitting or dread it. Today, um, a little announcement here. Today, uh, Temple and I will be offering the uh, possibility of uh, an, today and tomorrow of an other group meeting. You could uh, decide not to come. Let, let's make it optional if you want to remain in silence, if you want to come and uh, talk a little bit about practice. And we'll make a meeting with those who are there. And will have the length that seems... Uh, Appropriate, and so you can see for yourself if it, uh, if you want to uh, be more in silence and, and practice in this way, or exchange about the, the practice. And we have a few minutes for questions, or if there is something that you want some clarification on, or a few more words, or something that you want to object to. Or a discovery you've made in your questioning? Yeah? Uh, you mentioned uh, near the end of your talk this morning <coughs> six kinds of consciousness, and then you mentioned sounds and sensations, and uh, with the other quarters kind of woven in or It's the five senses plus the mind as a oh, sense door, okay. so the smell, taste, etc., and the mind that encounters. Uh, Images, emotions, feelings, uh, you know, moods, and thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference between uh, awareness and consciousness? That's a good question. <clears throat> um, sometimes mindfulness is put into uh, more of the intentional aggregate or river of intention so the intention to pay attention for example you'll notice the intentionality of it or as a way to react or respond to a situation 
You know, instead of going towards blame, one could go towards paying attention. What is actually going on here? You know, and so that would be mindfulness. And then, um, so awareness is partly made of consciousness. There's definitely the registering. And because I'm not a scholar, I, I'm more of a practitioner. These, and I'm sure that you would talk to different people and they would have uh, different views on this and understanding of that. And uh, the main aspects of this, I believe, is that to show the, um, the impersonal nature of either consciousness or awareness or attention is not so, it's a, either a mental factor, or an event, something that is happening and that if one finds that they describe themselves by this or own this or are fused with this, identified in some way, some myeing or eyeing, that there's probably a little bit of a stress in that. He did. And, and I had <laughs> a, a kind of like chaos, you know, big flush of anxiety because I forgot. And so could you remember Yeah. So, uh, but that's an interesting event, huh? Like the, the suddenly, you know, there was a, a thought and it was followed by, you know, a rush of a, maybe you felt something even in the body, you know? Because, yeah, thoughts, all these rivers, they condition and are conditioned by each other. So, you know, you have a thought, it makes the heart race, suddenly it's unpleasant, you know, like oh, the whole river system uh, changes. So, yeah, it's the magic show. The magic show of the... Uh, because in, in, in a certain presentation of the teaching, consciousness is several little uh, discrete experiences, but they're so compact and rapid that it creates an illusion of duration and of moi, you know? And, but actually it's a moment of hearing, a moment of uh, smelling, a moment of an uh, image in the mind. So that's the kind of illusion, compactness. Yeah. Yes? Oh, maybe because I named it yesterday was the uh, mirage that goes with perception. So foam, body, uh, bubble, uh, perception... Uh, uh, feeling tone, mirage perception, banana tree trunk for mental formations and intention, and then magic show. Yes. With um, perception, this, that river, I'm wondering, is it hard to, I mean, is it missing when you're really focused on consciousness? I, Think of that pithy teaching of the Buddha to the pronunciatives. Bahia. Bahia. And, and I guess I'm sort of interpreting uh, his teaching as forget the perception and just be with consciousness. Or is it that the perception is no, because in some translation he even says, you know, uh, you know, in seeing, let there be only the seeing, only seeing, in hearing, only hearing, in conceiving, only conceiving, or in perceiving, only perceiving. The aspect that he's pointing to is the ownership, because he says after, 
if there's no you in there or here or in between the two, this, only this is the end of suffering. So it's the ownership that is the, the main point. So again, so when you're seeing, let's say I'm looking outside, there's a river of seeing, and my, the invitation is to let seeing be seeing. And in that, there will be the river of perception. I cannot look outside and just see blue and green and movement. It comes with. I cannot avoid. This is this, how a human being is uh, s- programmed or functioning. Is it does perceive, you know? It. I cannot look outside and not see distance or not see countries or. Do you see what I mean? And s- maybe sometimes it happens for a second, but mainly that's what we do. Like talk about everyday life, you know. Try to not perceive. It's not going to happen. One of the perception that we can uh, uh, question is the perception of I am owning, I am thinking. Thinking is happening. You know, thinking is happening. Seeing is happening. It's really happening. Sometimes when we talk about not-self, people think, oh my God, I'm going to disappear. No, everything's going to stay the same. It's just the confusion <laughs> will be removed. <laughs> yeah, But it's not like we have to stop any of the rivers. We have to clarify what there is. For me, for a while, I don't know I would say that still, but for a few years... My sense was like, wow, the main job, like the essence of what we're doing is we're clarifying that perception is happening as it's happening. You know, that it's perception, it's mirage-like, it's not exactly reality. It will always be slightly interpreted, you know. Mindfulness helps us clarify, get closer to reality. You know, seeing things as they are is an expression that is used a lot. And so... Partly what we're doing is, tr- is in reintroducing in reality what is already there but that we're missing is the fact that it's ephemeral, unreliable, changing, incons- inconstant, you know. And we cover this because we, we look at things and we project solidity on them. We perceive solidity. And it's fine to perceive solidity as long as you know it's a perception. It's a mirage, you know. When you're fooled, it's a problem. But I think that perception endures. You know, like it's it's part of experience. But check it out for yourself. You know, and you might have a different experience. Okay. Maybe last question. So the notion of bare knowing is that Yeah, bare knowing. What, what, what do you mean by that? Probably many people mean different things. Bare knowing. Along the lines of simply seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I I think it's going to be hard to not have the other rivers. <laughs> I wish everyone good luck. And again, it's from personal experience, but. Bare knowing could refer to the river of consciousness. So just that knowing, not with the intention to do something about which might be there, but it's more like focusing on an aspect of experience. It's not like the others disappear, I don't think so. I think we are five aggregates and we will be the whole time we're alive, you know. And so but we can highlight 
some aspect like today the highlight might be at different time on the pleasantness and at other times on the response like oh my god I so want a second piece of this cake you know and that's what outstanding is suddenly the response the relationship with event please let all this go and let it arise by itself in the like don't make it complex it is a pretty maybe dense I don't know if the right word but hopefully there's something useful in it and ditch it out let it be recycled don't don't make a big don't use that to evaluate yourself or give you you know like how well I'm doing around this it's not important is, is there a little something that touched you that stood out that is of in, of you know that you're intrigued about that you want to explore not in thoughts but in action that's what's important okay have a good day of practice thank you thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.